welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and listen to it. We certainly hope and pray that you would share it with others, that it will edify you and help you understand God better, that you would like us and follow us so when we do release our weekly podcast, you will get an alert letting you know that the new podcast has been released. Also, I'd like to encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, and there you can find out more information about us. You can follow us on our social media accounts. You can make prayer requests and submit Bible questions. Today, we're we're going to talk about avoiding sin's trap. Avoiding sin's trap. And if you want to open your Bibles, I hope that you have one and follow along. You want to mark it to Psalm 119. Uh, verse 133, and then turn with me uh, to Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 14, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard update, it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, be the same mind toward one another, do not be haughty in mind. But associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far it depends on you, be peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if, you, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, by evil, but overcome evil with good. Years ago, I was watching Gunsmoke with my mother. That was probably one of her favorite shows. And... There was a humble older man. Uh, he was a, a wood carver. He apparently was a very good one. But he accidentally dropped one of his tools uh, on the boardwalk. And as he reaches to pick it up, a younger and meaner man steps on his hand on purpose. The man breaks every bone in this man's hand. Of course, he goes and, and sees the doctor. And for those who've never watched this show or not familiar with it all, there's a doctor, Dr. Adams. He, he tries to fix it up the best that he can. But then uh, the man ignores what the doctor uh, gives him and tells him what to do. He allows the wound to, to fester up and, and gangrene sets in. And his hand has to be cut off. This sends the man into a downward spiral, and by the end of the show, he is dead. And this is exactly, listeners, uh, what sin will do to its victims. Sin will, will come at you when you're not looking. Sin will attack you, break you, and infect you until you are spiritually dead. Sin does not care who you are. Sin does not care if you're young or old. Sin does not care if you're a boy or a girl. Sin does not care if you're black or white or any color in between. Sin does not care if you're rich or poor. And sin does not care if you live in a fancy home or in a tent. 
Sin is an equal opportunity provider. Each and every one of us has to deal with sin in one way or another. No matter what sin we are trapped in, once sin traps us, it's not going to let us go, not very easily. Sin will, will do all it can to keep you enslaved until you are dead. Just like the man that I described in the, in the Gunsmoke episode, whose hand was broken. It, in this show, it took a little time before he lost his hand and then his life. And sin is the same manner it slowly takes over. The first step for all of us who caught up in sin is, is to acknowledge that sin itself is slavery. Have you ever found yourself in a, a situation and you knew it was sinful? If we're honest with all of ourselves, uh, many of us would have to say, yep, been there, done that. So many people are caught up in slavery of sin. Many times when, when we find ourselves caught up uh, a sin, we, we really we begin to pray and ask God to forgive us. And that's, that's good. And we even promise God we'll never do it again. Well, the next thing we know is we find ourselves right back where we were. Sometimes even in a worse condition than we were before. Then somewhere along the way, you come to the conclusion. You will never be able to get out of this trap that you're enslaved in with this sin. When, when we come to this point in our lives... One of two things normally happens. The first thing is this. We get back and we get on our knees and we pray to God and we throw ourselves at the mercy of God. Because the people who do this, they're aware that they cannot, by their own strength, overcome this sin issue alone. There's just no way. In turn, they, they show God that they are completely depended upon him and that is absolutely true or the second thing that we do is uh, we begin to to rationalize or maybe explain it away we blame it on someone else um, maybe we even blame it on god just saying well that's just the way it is that's just the way i was made therefore i cannot help myself and listeners this is wrong this this is not correct thinking. It is not a Christian way of thinking. The Bible is very clear here. Read with me, the psalmist. He had a different view of this. And, and so I want to read. I asked you earlier to, to mark your Bible to Psalm 119. And we're going to start in verse 133. Establish my footsteps in your word. And do not let any iniquity have domain over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water, because they do not keep your law. This, this prayer being offered up here by the psalmist, the writer, he is asking God to establish his words of life. He does not want any type of sin to master him or have any control over him in verse 133. 
See, this enslavement of sin, it can happen to the believer of the gospel message. Someone may, well, what is sin? They might actually ask that question. And it's a rebellion against God or, or Christ's law. And there's a danger to all of us to fall into sin's enslavement. We must follow the example here that is laid out in the verses that we just read. We must be open and pray to God and ask Him to guide our lives. We need to ask Him for forgiveness. See, sin always begins in the mind. It never starts with your feet or your hand. It always begins in your mind as a thought before it can be carried out. As we begin to think about uh, the wrongful or the sinful act as it grows, and as it grows, uh, we walk one or two ways. We walk into sin's trap, or we walk away from it. Unless there's a, either we do one or the other. Sin always, and I want to stress this, enslaves us slowly. One thought, one step, one action, and then one more thought, one more step, and then one more action. And before we know it, we're buried deep into sin and enslaved to it. Sin is always, and I want to stress this, deceitful. The evil one will change just one word of God out of the scripture. Just like he did with Eve, did not see the sin. We too may not see the evil one's little deception. After all, the evil one will say, God will not strike you dead. Look, others are doing it, and they're not dead. After all, God, he understands you, and he loves you. And after all, it's only natural, and that's how God created you. And remember, nobody's perfect. Sin is always progressive. Sin is always progressive. Sin never gets better. It only gets worse. And progressively we begin to lose something. Sin is always promising. The evil one, he always has a promise that things will get better and not to worry about the trap that we have found ourselves in. And once we wake up to the fact that we're in pain from this trap, Sin always promises instant happiness. Sin always promises instant success. That happiness and success are just on the horizon, and we can think it and we can see it. And maybe we can even smell it. The problem is we never seem to get there. It's always just out of, of our reach. Sin is always demanding. Sin in itself, enslaving its trap, always demands to be fed, and we feed it if we continue onto our deeper trap. As we get deeper into that trap. And sin is always destructive. Sin is always, in the end, it will destroy us completely. When we do not acknowledge the law 
God has laid on out for us in the Bible for us to follow. We, we find ourselves utterly destroyed spiritually. And all it takes is that first thought to put everything into action. God has laid out his laws for a reason. It is not to keep us from happiness. It is not to keep us from any kind of pleasure. It really is to protect us from pain and suffering. To protect us from eternal damnation. You see, God gives us his laws out of his deep love for us as his creation made in his image. God is aware of the entrapment that sin does. It holds his creation, us. It holds us hostage. And the kidnapper, the evil one, is holding the trap. He's demanding a ransom to be paid for us, to be released from enslaving us in that sin trap. Sin by its very nature is an enslaver. Whatever controls your mind, yours and mine, it doesn't matter whether it's good or evil, are what we really put into action. For those who are trapped in a sin may, may want to do what is right. And the problem is that they feel they just can't do what is right. Even Paul, the apostle in Romans chapter 7, I mean, he struggled with the temptation of sin. We are all enslaved by sin. We are deeply in spiritual trouble, if that's the case. You see, God, He really doesn't want us to be slaves to anything or anyone except Him and Him alone. The only true, genuine freedom is to, to be bonded or into enslaved to Christ Himself. To be that bondservant. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. Some of my most favorite statements that Jesus would make. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus tells us here very clearly uh, where we are to be. We're to be enslaved uh, to Him. We, we can shed this heavy burden of sin's entrapment by going to Christ and asking Him to remove the yoke of sin and replacing it with a yoke of righteousness. And he, listeners, has the power to do it. He has all the authority to do it. You know, God never really intended for us to be enslaved to sin, whether it's just your mind or, or your entire body. God wants us to acknowledge all sinful action that is leading us away from his light, his safety, his love, his forgiveness, His precious blood. We need to ask ourselves something about sin. And the question is this. Is this pleasure or sin really worth it? Is it really worth me losing the relationship 
uh, with I have with God, and by being enslaved in sin's death grip. Nobody in their right mind would say yes. Someone who's addicted to, to drugs or alcohol would not say it was worth all the pains of withdrawal when they're coming down off their high or their buzz. They normally cannot stand it, so they get drunk again or they get high again to avoid those withdrawal pains. The only problem is it takes more and more of the substance to, to erase the pain until they are so deeply entrapped to their addiction they cannot see any way out. Sin will make you follow the same path of destruction. Again, listen to the psalmist. I know we read this earlier, but I'm going to read it again. Psalm 119, starting in verse 133. Establish my footsteps in your word, and do not let any iniquity have domain over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed tears, uh, streams of water, because they did not keep your law. Again, the writer is trying to, to get across to us as God's people that we need to establish a behavior in our lives that is enslaved in the Scriptures, that we want to be deep in God's Word, that we should choose to be in the Word of God each and every day, and how do we do this? But two things that come to mind that I believe that could help us do this. First of all, find a, a public assembly of Christians that love praying, that love to sing, and, and take the Lord's Supper that is preaching the entire Word of God. Not just a few chapters that are always their favorite, and not the same subject over and over again. I mean somebody who's really teaching the complete Word of God. If you and I want to avoid being a slave to sin, we must choose to do that, and we must want to worship God. There's something powerful about assembling together in the name of Jesus. I believe it edifies each and every one of us. It places us on a path where God wants us to be. Plus, Jesus promises where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. I know some people who listen to the podcast live in countries where there may not be a public assembly. It might be very dangerous to even be a, a Christian. And I still would like to encourage you, as I pray each and every day for the persecuted church, to find a small group somewhere and do the best that you can in worshiping and praising God and studying His Word together. But also, privately, we have an, a responsibility in our homes to, to open up the Word of God and to praying and, and asking Christ. To ask Jesus to guide your life. When you and I open our Bibles in our homes, it is a powerful thing that takes place, even at home. What happens when your eyes see and read the powerful words of God? Well, it moves us. 
It moves us closer to Him. It, it puts us in His light. His light shines upon us, and He will oversee us. It, his Word is a compass to us. It, it points us the way that we need to go. It points us away from that slave entrapment to sin. You know, the key is when Christ is saying something, we must obey it. And we must head toward that direction that we are to go, that he is pointing us to. You know, Jesus, he really wants the very best for us. He doesn't promise us uh, millions and millions of dollars and all the luxuries of life. But he does promise us eternal life. He will give us a clear understanding of what we are to do as we walk with him in our lives. There's not a commandment given by God that we really cannot obey. It is all comes down to choices. There's a famous song called, uh, There Were Choices, and it's interesting to, to listen to that song. But do you and I choose to obey and follow? Or do we choose to rebel and walk my own path? Here in verse 134, uh, the psalmist, he, he will ask God to redeem him. And you and I, we can ask the very same thing from our God as well. You know what? Redemption is already here in the form of Jesus. All we have to do is, is want to be taught the statues of Christ. And that's what he is saying in verse 135. We must repent and, and have that sorrowful heart or weeping heart for failure to obey Christ's law. I certainly hope that you would seek out the redeeming blood. It's available for all who want it. And perhaps uh, somewhere along the line, you, you so I was a Christian, and I was baptized, I... I, I, I. Well, there's a problem with that. I. You see, where's Jesus in those statements? And I would beg you to say, Jesus led me away from that. Jesus leads me in my life. Jesus is my sole provider. I don't know where you are listening today, but I would encourage you to, to find, again, a, a church group, that is teaching and preaching the entire Word of God, Old and New Testament. But people who really care and are sincere to the best of their abilities, and we need to understand that even church people make mistakes, say the wrong things, or do, do the wrong things. And we need to be able to uh, overlook that and, and forgive them and realize that we're not perfect either. But we are all perfect and cleansed in the blood of Christ for those who were, have been washed in the blood. If you need help and prayers, I will do my best to help you. I definitely will pray for you. And I will try to find you a congregation in your area. I make no big promises, but I will try. Even uh, in some parts of the world, I will try. I will find out what I can to help you. And again, I want to remind every listener to please pray for the church that is persecuted all around the world. 
and even more and more in the Western world, in the United States and Canada, the Christians and the church are being persecuted. We're being told that we can't talk about certain subjects. We're being told our prayers have to be proofread and, and be politically correct. And Even in Houston, Texas, years ago, the mayor was trying to get all uh, the Christian church pastors and preachers, whatever you want to call them, ministers, to submit their sermon notes so that she could go through them and, and recognize them So, to, in order to keep people from talking about homosexuality. It's here. It may not even get any better. But we need to pray. We need to ask God to help us and protect us. To give us the wisdom how to deal with each situation in our life. It's not easy going to work every day and, and being around uh, many people who, who are pagans. Or people who are really maybe, they say they believe, but boy, they, they talk like a sailor and you really ask yourself. Pray for those people and lead them by example. You don't have to scream and yell at them. Just show uh, that you don't swear and you don't cuss and you work the best that you can. And I certainly hope that the podcast today has given you a, a new enlightenment about the the sin and the trap that we can fall in. I certainly hope that if you're trapped in sin that you will pray and ask God to help you and that he will redeem you and guide you all the way through his throne room for all eternity. Again, thank you for listening. Again, you may go also go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, and there you can find our social media accounts and that we do post things here from time to time. We try to keep our prayer list up to date as we get more requests. We've had a few, and many that have asked us not to post it on the webpage and just want us to pray, and we honor that as well. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.